Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What up, what up? Realist Podcast Supper, we back up in this thing. It's your boy C. Diddy. Y'all know who the villain is. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Push. Seriously. It's a great album. No, I mean just like a push oh, in oh, general. The whole, every, the yeah. whole sphere of push. The whole sphere of push. You've been uh, indoctrinated into the push cinematic universe. No, no. cinematic universe. Still a pulling whips out. Still a spread them chips out. I might buy your bitch some new hips and yank a rib out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I've been fucking with push heavy, man. Man, push is that nigga, man. Push Stood up on that a, couch uh, in the A at the black party. No jewelry on, but you richer than everybody. Like, I, push got some shit, man. Yeah, push... Um, and he, you know, he has a great catalog too. Going back to, you know, you add in the clip stuff, you add in the We Got It for Cheap mixtape series and all of that, play clothes mixtape and everything like that, which was really some of my favorite work because, you know, on the mixtapes, you could really, you know, not even like, get loose. like all, all jokes aside, like push married to Kanye for them couple of years that they was like good music. Mm-hmm. Push got Runaway with Kanye, he got Mercy. And then he got to me the best verse on So Appalled. Yes. Like Push got he got a lot. He got uh the, what, what else did he get? Um wasn't he he was on Don't Like Remix? Don't like remix, but there's another big one I'm forgetting right now. Ah uh, He wasn't on click. That was no. Um Ah, it's gonna come to me. Come come on, come on. Uh Alright, let's check Apple Music. Somebody Shake that party, body that body. Come and have a good time. I believe there's a God above me. I'm oh, just new, a, God, new flow. God flow. Oh, yeah, that was my shit. Yeah, I told you when I seen that, that one, once he did that at the concert, I'm like, I can get out of here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, he moved that dope with Future. Yeah. Um, Smoke that John. Uh, his biggest song on, um, on Apple Music is Runaway. It's Runaway. Runaway, then Mercy, then Move That Dope. And then feel the love from the Kids See Ghost album. That Run, Runaway was a Billboard top ten. Smash. Yeah, it was a smash record. It was a smash. Uh, speaking of Billboard, I guess we could kick off now. Um, uh, you know, inch we could inch into into to the deep water. But uh, congrats to Lil Baby. Uh, Twenty five records on Billboard this week. Three in the top ten. He had number four, number eight, and number ten. Uh, Thirty nine this year, which is the biggest out of anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, Two hundred thirteen thousand the first week, so he even beat the projections. projections. So shout out to Lil Baby, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he is a uh, a testament to, uh, you know. One thing I like about Lil Baby is is with his progression is he does better every time he drops. Exactly first week. And I was gonna say uh, he's a testament to like my turn didn't do a two hundred. I don't think. Not like 190 190 something, something, 198 or some shit like that. But it's like a a testament to manicuring your hotness and and knowing kind of like the right time to drop and like the the, the timeliness of like releasing records and all of that because, you know, his his single run this go around was kind of like up and down, but he still delivered on the album. And like I said, kind of during my review, he's got a 10 song stretch on there where he just smoked everything. And I just think that, um, I think the uh, the body of work, how many songs on there, kind of helped him out from a streaming standpoint. But I don't necessarily know if it helped him out from a quality control, no pun intended, standpoint of like 
we, I think as a people, we get so inundated with so much new music week to week. I think everybody is kind of married to like, give us like 10 to 14 of the best joints and just leave the rest of the shit off the album. I, I think he's also in like a weird spot too, because I know me personally, I didn't expect my turn. You understand what I'm saying? Like his first album was uh, the, with the joint with Drake. Preacher Son or whatever the hell it was. Yes, Indeed was on yes, there. Indeed. The joint with Meek yeah, was yeah. on there. Yeah. Like, so, you know, I'm looking at that joint where it's like, I keep it a buck with you. I, I thought his rap was ass on Yes, Indeed. Yellow Ferrari, like Pikachu. It was like corny a little bit. And I didn't see him getting to like my turn where he had like a we paid and then a all in and then like a whoa. And like, I didn't see that yeah. shit. And coming. then to follow it up with uh once it needs where you arguably like washing the best washing, rapper alive. Washing to the point <laughs> that, 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 that cartoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you with Dirk and Dirk can never catch you on nothing. Then you with Drake, you smoking Drake, you with this person, you leaving them. Yeah. And it's just like, you heard him on the, uh, the remix to life is good. When the beat switched, yeah. and it's just like, my God. Yeah, you had the two babies on there, and one baby was not like the other no, baby. The one baby was okay. <laughs> he was but, okay. It was, but the <laughs> other baby was on some other shit. Yeah, that's baby. a different baby. That's a different baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, I think with this go-round, we watch the progression and watch him get to where it's like, damn, little baby, like, heavy out here. Mm -hmm. To where people kind of expected this to be, like, the blueprint moment, or the life at the death, or the Carter, Carter three, three moment. Yeah. moment. And it... In 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 comparison to Blueprint Carter, it didn't it didn't hit that, and I yeah. think people automatically just assume like, oh, little baby, and, and it's like, no, when you listen, I listen to it, I'm just like, no, baby's still nice. No, he's, he's still nice. nice. He's, he's spitting like, on there. His records on there. Um, you know, you got like I said, he got like a ten song run where he's just going absolutely ape shit, uh, 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 ape shit, and um, you know, you got uh, just to run some of them off, you got uh. Stand on it. Uh, Pop out with Nardo Wick. Um, Perfect timing. Never hating with Young Thug, which is one of my favorites. Never hating is dope. Uh, Forever with Friday. Shout out Friday. His, his EP out this week. He from the city. Shout out Friday. Um, In a minute, um, which we heard before. Waterfall flow. Everything from now on with future. Like yeah, that's like that shit. he like the cost to be alive with Rollo was fire. Like he got some joints on there where like it's still the little baby shit. Like. Mm -hmm. He's doing this fucking thing. And like he said, 23 songs, seven features, no deluxe. It's only me. This is what it is. You know what I mean? And he put up, uh, you know, I think the second best hip-hop numbers of the year. I think Future still got number one. Yeah. No, Kendrick is number one. Kendrick is number one. He did 325. Kendrick did 325. Um, I'm just looking for my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kendrick did 325. Future did 222. And then Baby did 213. So top three for the year. Most Billboard chart appearances. Um of everybody. Right. Um, yeah, he doing his doing his shit, man. So shout out to Lil Baby. Um, also, um, my guy, y'all, I've been talking about him for a year and a half now, NBA Young Boy. Oh yeah. He just signed with uh Universal Motown uh this week. Uh they said it's a full press and distribution deal. Okay. He owns his masters, he owns his catalog, he owns everything out the gate from day one. And interesting about the setup of this deal and the housing of this deal because somebody else we know has a precedent distribution deal at Universal, the greatest one in hip-hop history, that being Birdman. Mm -hmm. And even though they're not reporting that, I 100% guarantee Birdman not only brokered this deal, 
but I'm sure he got a hefty finder's fee for landing one of the biggest artists in music. And three, he has passive participation on the back end of this deal where Birdman is going to make a substantial amount of money off of Youngboy without him being directly signed to Cash Money and Rich Gang. I saw him holding up a Rich Gang chain. I saw him holding up a Rich Gang chain and a Cash Money chain on a 3,800 Degrees album. So... That's pretty much like family. Birdman is like, he, you know, Top has said like Birdman is like, you know, that's like my my older brother, like my dad. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, in a situation like this, Birdman has kind of seen the error of his ways in um, how you supposed to structure a deal for somebody when you care about them and how everybody can win and make money and the artist gets the most upside from the shit, yeah. as they should. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like a natural progression being as though he had already signed his NBA label to uh, Capital Motown. So now he has two deals at Universal Motown, one for himself and then one for uh, the NBA brand um, that's over there. So congrats to him. Congrats to uh, Fee Money from Good Money Global, Lil Wayne brother that's been his Mm -hmm. business partner out the gate or whatever. And, you know, those cash money roots was already implanted in Young Boy pretty much, you know, from the beginning due to his affiliations and who he was around and who's handling his business and all of that shit. And um, I think this is going to set him up to give him his just due as literally, like, the biggest thing in fucking music because there is no better label than Universal Music Group. They're number one by a wide margin as far as market share, as far as execution. Look at Drake is over there. Weekend is over there. Posty is over there. Like Uh, Lil Wayne is over there. (laughs) Nicki Minaj is over there. Like all the biggest and best artists is on universals. Like we can let Warner try to trick us if we want and think that they compete in there. It's, it's not the same sort of thing. Kendrick is universal. Like Dr. Dre is universal. Eminem is universal. Like, the biggest and best artists are part of Universal Music Group. Jay Z is when he puts an album out, it's through Universal. Like it just is what it is. Yeah. So shout out to uh, to to all of them, man. Uh, real quick, before we really get deep into the main crux of the show today, shout out to our sponsor, Your Home. Once again, uh, this Saturday coming up, you got uh, Saturday to ten twenty nine. You got the biggest first time home buyers mixer in the city ever. Period. Um, we had the uh, owner of the company. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Uh, John, uh, one leg, uh, come on the show. One lock, come on the show last week. Talked about uh, the event itself, the importance of buying a home, how, you know, you can actually cut your rent by buying a home right now. Uh, and the importance of the value of home ownership. And they're going to get into all of that on Saturday. It's not going to be like a stuffy people get up and speak and, Hey, come give me your name and yeah, yeah. icebreakers and all of that. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a mixer, but you're also going to be able to connect with some of the regions. Who in here want to make some money? Raise your hand. <laughs> hey, hey, it's not going to be that. 
So you get to connect with some of the biggest and best um, broke uh, real estate agents, mortgage brokers, and uh, and uh, you know funders uh, in the business. Um, that as it relates to uh, you know Pennsylvania, and they're all going to be there. Special guests. They're giving away Sixers courtside tickets. We know y'all love them Sixers we love games. Some love some courtside. Love some courtside. They're giving away some gift cards. They're giving away like just so much stuff. You if you go through this uh, through this mixer. From this event, and then you end up buying a house. They're gonna give you twenty five hundred towards your close your closing calls. Your home is a nonprofit um, home buying partner that helps and assists people. They're gonna have credit experts there. Everything is gonna already be right sized and done, and it's gonna be, you know, pretty much plug and pe- play in the event that you want to come through there and uh, start the process of uh, you know getting your first your first home, man. So shout out to the whole team over there at your home. Shout out to the CEO uh, John. Uh, one law and um, his whole entire team, Rex, Bjorn, everybody. Uh, it's going to be a dope event. We'll be there this Saturday, 1029 Figo Restaurant. Rex was at the game the other night. He was night. at the game the it other night. It was funny because remember I was like, damn, I, f- I know you from somewhere. He was like, I was just on it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you in the building? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so uh, Saturday, uh, 1029 starts at 6 p.m. Figo Restaurant, Northern Liberties, 1033 North 2nd Street in Northern Liberties, right by the uh, Piazza. Make sure y'all come through, man, and uh, shout out to them and for supporting the show and being a part of this process and us being a part of their process. Right, right, right. That home opener was something else. Man. Oh, man. That, that joint was, we had a time. Yeah, that joint was something else. We talked about it on the Patreon. Like, that was that was nuts. I went to the game the other day. I was going to say, how was the game Saturday? They lost to the Spurs. Yo, here go, the, here go the craziest part, right? I'm sitting down in the seat, and we had wood tickets for that game. Shout out Kev, Anwar, Kev, uh, other homie. We He coming down from Kutztown, whatever. We went to the game. And um, I seen Ron in the uh, the lounge or whatever. Ron, like, I, I figured, you know, what the fuck. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. like, yeah, I know how I go. You know what I'm saying? So it was a nice atmosphere. Everybody, it was a lot of people who did, like, the double dip. Go to that, then go to the Phillies. Shout out to the yeah. Phillies in the World Series. Um, it, it was funny because I told them as we were sitting down, I'm like, yo, just betting. You know, we talk about sports betting a lot because, you know, one of our brothers does the shit professionally. And, you know, we, we do it. And I'm telling them, I'm like, whenever you see a double-digit line that's the same line for two games, one of them is going to hit, one of them isn't, right? The Sixers were 13-point favorites over the Spurs. The Bucks were 13-point favorites over the Rockets. So I told them, I'm like, it's taking everything in me to not bet the house on a two-teamer. Taking the Bucks for the 13 and then taking the Spurs to cover the 13. And Anwar was like, I mean, you, you, you think I'm just like, dog, like the Sixers, I don't got the Sixers beating anybody by 13. Like right now, like that was where I was feeling the other yeah. day. They wound up beating the Pacers last night by 13, but the line was only, I think it was 11. And just the fact that that same 13 point line, like in basketball, it's not like football where like a bunch of lines be seven, a bunch of lines be four. In basketball, that is very rare that you see two double digit lines land on the same thing like that in the same night at the same time. I didn't do it. Of course, the Sixers did not cover the 13. Not to cover. The Bucks went out there and beat the Rockets by a dub. I'm like, <laughs> you, I had the two teams. And, and that goes to show, like, sometimes, um, you know, it's still gambling. But mm-hmm. sometimes in handicapping, you just know. Mm-hmm. Like, and you kind of got to trust your instinct and jump on those I, opportunities. I said it to Kev when, was, when we first sat down. I'm like, Joel, I'm, I said it to Anwar. I'm like, Joel Embiid, uh, his over for the night in points was 27, and his over in rebounds was 11 and a half. I'm like, I feel like he going to hit both of those tonight. Joel Embiid finished with 40 and 15. I'm just like, 
I, I could have just made a boatload yeah, of he cash. Was, he was due for a game. I just didn't bet nothing. Yeah. That like, Tyrese Maxey over was 18 and a half. He had, he caught a field goal at the end, gave him 20. You know what I'm saying? He went to the line, missed the foul shot, but he finished with 20. I'm just like, I would have hit every goddamn yeah, thing tonight. You had it. And I just didn't put the shit in. Yeah, down. you had it. Uh, shout Very out to the Sixers. Got their first win of the season last night. Finally. Finally. To, beat the Pacers. Had, beat had, the shit out of the Pacers. I had to join the other night, who's the biggest pack on my uh, story, the Sixers or the Lakers? And, it's um, the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers came in very, very – It was I think it was like 70 to 30%. <laughs> the, um, the Lakers cannot shoot the ball. It, I, I screenshot it the other day. Against Portland, I sat and watched that game too at uh, Smoke Hookah. Oh, I didn't even Miami. tell you about how bad that shit was for I me. I sat and day. watched it. What was, the, what was the fucking box score? It was so disgusting. I was like, yo, I have to like screenshot this shit. Uh, I think they were like – Eight or nine percent from three or some crazy I shit like that it. the other day. Like yeah. it was really bad. I can't find it right now, of course, when I need it, but so it was pretty terrible. The other day I had a free bet on FanDuel for two hundred dollars. So I'm like, fuck, let me throw in a parlay with this. You know, that's the time to parlay is when they give you free money and shit. So I had a free bet. I took the over in the the Texans and the Raiders, right? Yeah. I took the over in the Chiefs San Fran. I took the under in the Cowboys Lions. I'm like, these to me seem like easy money. And I don't know why I just got greedy and put the Lakers money line on the fucking ticket against the Blazers. Lakers was up one with 30 seconds left with the ball Mm -hmm. with 18 left on the shot clock. Westbrook took the most obnoxious two-pointer for no... There's one where, like, LeBron and AD both was like, the fuck? (laughs) Little baby face. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dame Lillard gets the ball. You know what time it is. You know what I'm saying? I I lost. I was just sitting there like... Dame had 40 that that game, too, right? I'm sitting there like... Dame is back on the low. It's crazy, but like I really, I now that I think about it, little baby face. I was like, <laughs> looking at the TV, yeah. like, what the fuck, dog? Y'all were up. Why? Westbrook said, "Yeah, I was trying to get a two for one." Nigga, you're not losing. <laughs> Why the fuck are you trying to get a two for one? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, dog. It's time to take Westbrook out back, man. I, I love him as a person. He did the 2020-20 for Nip. He stole the MVP. He's going to the hall because of the triple triple double double like four years in a row. He's going to the hall, but it's just like at a certain point, like you know how you got like a hot pair of sneaks that you just have to retire. It's over. That's like he's a pair of of um like turtle dove Yeezys. Like yo, you got your wears out, you got your flicks off. Once that white get dirty, it's time. Once they made the Amazon versions, it's time to retire them. The Chinese store versions, (laughs) yeah, it's time to retire. And it's just that's what it is. AD and Westbrook are just not. Watching LeBron, like, and, and LeBron get fucked up. I've, I've been giving LeBron a lot of hell because he's the reason. He's the reason. He's the catalyst he is, this is his behind all of these decisions. There's like seven clutch sports players on the Lakers. Dog, did you see the whole thing where they mapped out how many shooters the Lakers got rid of in the last two years? Mm-hmm. Avery Bradley, Malik Monk. Uh, KCP. Uh, what's the nigga from here? Uh, Ellington, Wayne Ellington, mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony. It's just so many shooters that they just mm-hmm. don't have no more. And they was getting discount shooters. Dog. Dog, it's unreal. Y'all had a chance to go get uh, Buddy Hill. Y'all had a chance to go. They could have legit kept Caruso. They could have bored in DeMar. They could have done a lot of Caruso said they didn't even counter his contract. Dog. He was LeBron's favorite teammate. They didn't even counter. But Ross said the best thing. He was like, I don't know how Palenka got an extension. It makes zero fucking sense. He must have pictures of Genie Buss doing the unmentionable. Yeah, like this shit is crazy, but... 
I'm not going down to basketball. I'm just <laughs> betting has been very, very strange yeah, as of it's late. Been, it's been a weird uh, couple, couple, uh, couple days opening the season, man. Uh, sh- you, 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 you mentioned it. Shout out to the fighting Phils, man. God yeah, damn, man. Goddamn. Bryce Harper put the franchise on his back. White Iverson, like, yo, <laughs> put the franchise on his when back. When he started balling, he was young. Literally, was team was down. Hit a two run shot to win the fucking game. They were going ape shit out there, John. Dog, they greased the poles. The yeah, grease ain't work. Nah, nah. The funniest, the headline was like, uh, crazed fans overcome greasy poles. <laughs> I said overcome <laughs> is crazy as shit. Overcome greasy poles. It's like, all you need is a sweatshirt. Yeah. Like, who got a hoodie they, yeah. they, they Who got they, a hoodie you, they don't care who about? Who got a hoodie in their car? <laughs> Did you see motherfucker had the Doberman? I mean, the uh, Labrador. the <laughs> <laughs> dog. <laughs> If they, they win, if they win this shit, oh my god! If man. they win this shit, now you do know on the other side, there's a tremendous bet. Mattress Mac oh, yeah. has like a seventy-five. He has like he could make seventy-five million or some crazy. And that's shit. what's making me think that the Phillies are gonna win because <laughs> Mattress Mac does not win he anything. Does not, he is the mush. No, he, <laughs> yeah, from Goodfellas. No, uh. uh not good fellas. Bronxtel? Bronxtel, yeah. yeah, yeah. He is the mush. I can't look at that face. Get in the closet. Yeah, get in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt, shout out to Mattress Mac, man. You was yeah. not winning this bet. I think the Phillies might pull this shit off, man. They did as might pull it off. Yeah. A fucking wild card team who was under 500 for three seasons in a row. First six seed to make the uh, World Series. Who got in on a fucking new playoff technicality. They might be able to pull this bitch off. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to beat the Braves. The Braves were a 101 team and smoked won the them. NL East and smoked them. Straight up laid and them there, down. There's something to be said about momentum in baseball yeah. and getting hot at the right time mm-hmm. where you just find that zone where you like. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba can't be beat and the now, Phillies are kind of in that space. I will say this I, I'm happy Bryce Harper got the the NLCS MVP Hoskins deserves some 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 mentions because Hoskins he stunk for six years and has turned into Babe Ruth turned in the last player. week and a half <laughs> <laughs> that shit is crazy him and Bryce Harper look like Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth yeah. out that moment don't forget my other man too what's the uh, boy from the Cubs oh won yeah the yeah World uh uh fuck Got the dark hair with the beard. Right, That's my right. man. I forget his name. It's right there. And I, he, I think right. he hits right before, right after right. Bryce. Yeah, right before. He's nice, nice. I knew they was going to win that game the other day when Jason Wirth came out and threw the first pitch. I said, oh, they done got Wirth out here with the big ass hand. I said, yeah, it's, they're, they're taking this shit, man. That was my nigga. He used to rent cars from us at Enterprise when he played. I told the you Phillies. the coolest shit ever. We we was in the Sunoco at, uh, right at Penrose and Patterson. He pulled up Porsche Panamera Turbo. He jumped out. It was like seven people in line. He came in. He was like, fuck, this line is long. Hey, listen, get whatever y'all want. Hey, let me get, take care, guys. And walk the fuck back. He left like $200. The motherfuckers were scrambling. All kinds of shit. That was funny as shit. But yeah, Jason Worth was like, I always fucked with him. I wasn't even mad when he went to the Nationals and got his paper. Like, yeah, go get that 140 mil. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah, Worth was the fucking man. Yeah. Tall, surfer-looking white boy, mm-hmm. swagged out. He always reminded me of uh, Edge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> always gave me Edge vibes and shit. Fuck it. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to the Phillies, man, doing it. Hopefully they can pull it out. My uh, favorite sign from the Rockets on Broad Street, somebody had a sign that said, Eat a dick, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes. This is the most Phillyest shit of all time. The, um, the other night at the game, Jalen Hurts rung the bell. 
at the Spurs game. He rung the bell, and then he came over and sat, like, next to us. He was about two or three seats down from us. Our, our row was actually pretty – Steven Starr was right next to me. Oh, shit. I got, he gave me his card and put me on the list. So he was like, yeah, whenever you need something, just call this number. I got you. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, cool. He was cool as fuck. Yeah. And it's crazy just how them, like – me and his son were talking about sneakers. And because, you know, PJ Tucker changes his sneaks every quarter or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we started chopping it about sneaks. So then he leaned over and was like, what business are you in? And I'm like, I love how these people talk. Because it's yeah. not like, what do you do for a living? It's, yeah. what business are you in? You have to be if you're down here with right. us. Right, you know, he's like, what business are you in? I'm like, he's like, are you a sneaker reseller? I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I just love sneaks. I've been doing it forever, whatever, whatever. I was like, I got a podcast media company and I just started a trunk company. He was like, it, man, that's where that's the way to go. I was like, yeah, man. Um, congrats on the new restaurants, you know, whatever, whatever. I was like, Butcher and Singer is my shop, Budokan, you know, whatever, whatever. He's like, oh, you like my places? I'm like, I mean, you can't, you can't get past. You're them. inescapable. Yeah, like what the fuck, you know what I'm saying? So he laughed about it or whatever. And um, he's like, what's your favorite place? I was like, me personally is Barclay, you know what I'm saying? My fiance likes Budokan. I'm like, this guy over here loves Elemento. He leaned up, looked together, was like. <laughs> <laughs> so then he was like, what's your name? I gave my name. He put in his phone. He was like, I'm going to put you on his list. Take this card. Call this number. Take care of you. I'm like, all right. Appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? So shout out Steven Starr. That was cool as fuck. But Jason Hurt, Jalen Hurts came and he sat like three seats to our right. Some dude who won a sweepstakes for court, for, for wood tickets yeah. was there. So you know you got free drinks. This nigga was sloshed. <laughs> y'all. He kept spilling. Like, you know bullshit? He spilled shit like three different times. Like they had to come keep mopping up where he was sitting. Because you know you on the fucking yeah. wood. So Jalen Hurts got like, you see him just like, he just got the fuck up. So then you looked up maybe like 10 minutes later, he was sitting next to Michael Rubin on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> now that joint open. I said, that nigga pulled the Bob Bugaris. I'm out of here. This nigga tripping over I'm out of here, Khaled. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, he got up, him, Michael Rubin, they all got up at like the beginning of the fourth quarter. I'm like, they must be heading over to the yeah. to the Phillies and shit, whatever, whatever. But yeah, it was cool. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the Phillies really doing it. Um, you want to make an announcement? Yeah. Let's hey, do that. Hey, hey, shout out to us, hey, man. Hey, man. Hey. Hey. It's official. Six years, man. Six years in business. Six, it don't even seem like that. For a corny ass podcast, we for, did for good for nut ass podcast, we did good it, for it, ourselves. It, it, it's it's crazy, but here we are. You know what I'm saying? That nut ass podcast thing still bothers me. I'm gonna get into that yeah, yeah, like yeah. somewhere down the line. I, yeah. I, I that that's just strange. And yeah, weird. we got some we got some moves coming up, and once we execute these moves, we on your ass. <laughs> Believe it. Uh, Sunday, January twenty second. Oh, yeah, I got my Noto hat on. Yeah, Sunday, January 22nd, TRPE, Noto. First time ever live podcast at Noto. Nobody's done it. Um, shout out to the whole team over there. Shout out Dre Ali. Shout out Brian. Um, shout out to the whole Noto family. Sunday, January 22nd, doors at 5, show at 6, live pod, anniversary show, after party. First time that we've also, it's a lot of firsts. Mm-hmm. First time that we have ran this sort of setup and program for this show because we want to accommodate everybody. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're going to do. You, you VIP, you want a VIP experience, you got a VIP ticket, includes merch, includes your first drink. Bam. You want a reserve seat, but you ain't really know about the merch, whatever, whatever. Cheaper ticket, but reserve seating, first seven rows. You got your ticket. Mm-hmm. 
general admission, you just want to be in the building. You know, you still get a seat. We got the mezzanine upstairs. You want to play the bar, whatever, whatever. You got your ticket. So we got everybody accommodated. Three different tickets, three different price points, all in one building. We got a biggest capacity show that we've ever had, 550 people, Mm -hmm. with the option to do more, depending upon, you know, how serious y'all is about this thing and how Mm -hmm. hard y'all want to fuck with us. We need everybody, not just the Philly people. That's why we're giving y'all two months advance notice. Mm -hmm. We need everybody from the TRP Nation. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Midwest, Chicago, this Ohio. Is, this is, is going to be a celebration. Like, we're, we, we've got confetti. We've got laser lights. We DJ, all kinds of... I'm, I'm, CO2 cannons. Yo, we, realistically, we got the t-shirt guns. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna, got everything. I'm shooting Kev Dennis chest with a t-shirt gun. <laughs> I can't wait. We got everything. And um, tickets go on sale this Friday, 1028. Uh, it's going to be on Eventbrite. We'll put the link up and all of that. Um, as you know, it pays to be a patron. Patreon, y'all get the first crack at the tickets, baby. Um, once Patreon get they uh, exclusive, you know, window, few hours or whatever, then we'll release the tickets everywhere else. So be on the lookout this Friday, 1028, TRPE6, TRPE Live, 6th anniversary show. Me, Matt, some special guests, confetti, laser lights, uh, CO2 cannons, uh, bottle girls. Y'all want to get tables? We got tables. We got Y'all sections. want hookah? We got hookah. Everything. It's a Everything. nightclub. It's a nightclub. Turning up. Going the fuck up, man. Yeah. Six years of this thing. Yeah. Shout out to y'all for rocking with us, man. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We doing it big. Like I said, our biggest show to date. Uh, last year, Punchline, we did our anniversary show in February. Uh, what was that? Punchline's 320 sold that thing out. That was coming off the heels of a uh, of a VIP show. So this time we're going to bring the VIP with the anniversary, with the general admission, everybody in the building, one big thing, TRPE, Noto. You see the hat. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Matt got the hat on. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hype about it, man. It's going like, up, man. Should be a fun-ass time, you know what I'm saying? Our, our events are normally decent because people get to mingle and mixing, and, you know, we try to do more of like uh, I think we really, really liked the way we did it at Barb's, at Tasty's, you know, at the 1212 Lounge because it's like it was more of a thing a than just a, again, who in here will make some money? Raise your hand. You know, it's, it's more of away from that to more of a let's have fun let's mingle let's yeah. be around each other we can talk some shit in the middle of that but we getting on we like the other day the, the we gotta get tech there with the stars you know what i'm saying like you know ish, it, ish has some white chocolate stars yeah, the, I other seen day. That the other day yeah i'm just like you can see the activation in them because it's then, white chocolate then, then i seen him in fez when it was closed and i'm just <laughs> That's how the stars do. Yeah, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, no, nah, we we looking for everybody to come out and have a good ass time and um, you know, just celebrate with us, you know what I'm saying? For being six years of doing this shit on our own, two nut ass niggas. You know what I'm saying? Just figuring it the fuck out. Making a way. Just making making a way to make a way. Making a way, you know what I'm saying? Celebrating the things that we've achieved, the things we've talked about, the things we've done, you know, the different businesses we've been able to we've been able to create and start and just Pushing forward, man. Just yeah. celebrating everybody who fuck with us back. And our gift to y'all. I just came up with this this morning. Shout out to Marv. Me and Marv were talking through some different ideas and stuff I know like this that. is either really good or really terrible. We're going to give away some money. Okay. We're going to give away some money. I got a band for y'all. Oh, Somebody sh- at random is going to win $1,000. You come to this show, you buy a motherfucking ticket, 
Ain't no raffle tickets, none of that shit. We might have some trivia or something like that. We're going to figure out how we're going to do it. I'm giving away $1,000, goddammit. Clap that up, goddammit. $1,000. You know what? I'm going to get in on that with you. I'm going to put some money up. We're going to give away $1,050 <laughs> right. at the live show. <laughs> Matt got the kicker. Yo, $1,000. Like, like when, when you post bail in PA, it's 10% <laughs> plus the kicker. Matt got the kicker. I got the kicker. <laughs> we doing it. $1,050 is going away to somebody at the live show. That's we okay. gonna do it to one person or multiple? One person. One person. Big person. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Us. The winner is, God damn it, Khalil Ferguson. <laughs> Come on up here, <laughs> God damn, Matt Cain, you won. <laughs> Yo, God damn, Julian Jones. <laughs> Jules can't be here. I was accept this on his behalf. On his behalf. On his behalf. That shit like an Oscar. Yeah. yeah. No, he couldn't be here. To, well, no, not an Oscar. They come for that. We do it like a, a hip-hop award. Right. Yeah, Drake couldn't be here to accept this. Yeah, uh, we accept gave Drake this award 10 years yeah. in a row. He never came, <laughs> but... Uh, he never came. We're going to give it to him anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shout out OVO. You know what I mean? We're going to get this to Kendrick <laughs> one more time. <laughs> Kendrick, he never set foot in Atlanta. We're going to give it to him again. Nah, Kendrick's going to give it to him one more time. Kendrick's actually in Ghana right now. Yeah. We're going to give him no award anyway. J. Cole is in Botswana playing point, but uh, <laughs> maybe you know. one day he will yeah, show up. One day he might come back. Who knows? Remember bitch. when they used to give awards away and you wasn't there, and then you would like pop up on the video on screen? On the video screen. Niggas hey, don't even want to thank y'all for that. <laughs> Niggas don't even think they enough. They don't even to do, do that, that no more. No. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, cool. Mail it. Uh, mail that, John. Uh, Packing peanuts, send that uh, John over. Same paper to come with that John. Why well, <laughs> no, right, no, no, just, right. just send that John. How many tickets I get? No, that's yeah, not enough. I'm yeah. not coming. But yeah, shout out to y'all, man. Six years in this thing with us, man. Through the ups and downs, we've been on a on a super up right now. We got some huge, huge shows coming up. We were just talking about it, uh, you know, before we cut the cameras on. We can't announce nothing yet, but we got some things that are absolutely happening. Some things that are imminent. Oh, yeah. Shout out all of the uh, upcoming guests for TRPEs. We continue to expand this TRP nation into a universe. Uh, just two nut ass niggas potting our hearts away. Like we said, the tickets go on sale this week for Patreon, uh, Eventbrite, and what are we gonna get Patreon the week? Nah, not a week. We ain't gonna do a week. Right? Just like I said, just we're gonna have an exclusive window for for Patreon. Get y'all tickets. I think they should they... get some time though. Just if we release them Friday, we give them till Tuesday. Maybe Monday. We will work that out. Okay. All right. We're gonna figure it out. But Patreon, you hey. get exclusive window. Y'all not on the Patreon, patreon.com slash official TRPE. Uh, officially this week, we're starting a new release schedule. I ain't going to say what it is. Right, You're just right, going right. to start seeing it. Starting a new release schedule on the main feed. Y'all just going to be going to be pinging the platform a lot more like we promised y'all we would. We got an actual release schedule. We got some new shows coming up. Uh, reaction show is coming very soon. Uh, TRP After Dark is coming very soon. Uh, we got all this different stuff in the works, man, and we just continuing to just do what we do best. And also, find some new shit we might not be good at. We'll figure it out on the job. That's how the fucking go. I mean, that's how it go, man. But, yeah, we're all in with this media thing, and um, we ain't going nowhere. So, you know, get used to us. Absolutely. I definitely want to sit down with, uh, what's his name? I seen it the other day. He was um with uh with Rel. His uh, at name is, um it's hard to pronounce, but he's a photographer. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's just letters. You know what I'm <laughs> it's saying? It's a lot of letters. It's a lot of letters. You know what I'm saying? Be abstract, whatever it is. Yeah. But he he does them videos with the words all on the screen, and I want to sit down with him and 
talk about how to do that because I like the way he does his stuff. Shout out to yeah. Ro, you know what I'm saying? He was at the the show uh we did at 1212 oh, nice. and we talked out there and um he I started looking at his page. I'm like, damn, he's really, really good with this shit. I definitely want to sit with him and chat with him. So shout out to him. We'll yeah, figure, shout out to that. I'll figure his out his that name out in English. One of these I'll, days. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be able to can't say even it. sound it out right yeah, now. Nah, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, we'll figure it out. But I like the way he does his shit. So yeah, a lot of stuff coming. For sure. Real quick before we move forward. Um special shout out to my man Rashad Lambert. Uh we just recently reconnected. He's the senior vice president of uh Forbes magazine and Forbes the Culture. Um, for those of you unfamiliar or not indoctrinated, Forbes the Culture is yeah. a uh, urban representation platform built through Forbes in order to give, uh, you know, black business owners and black creatives, um, uh, black professionals, um, an outlet to, you know, express their uh, express their talents, network, um, you know, show their skills and what they can do. They're doing a big uh, round of not just one trip, a round of trips to uh, Tulsa. Um, to, you know, show people, uh, you know, the Black Wall Street uh, uh, ground, uh, kind of like ground zero for, for Black Wall Street, the uh, memorial, the museum and everything that's out there in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. They're doing that right now. Um, and we have some dope initiatives coming up with them also with Forbes The Culture. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, a lot of good things going on right now for, uh, for, for the pod that is TRP. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man, for sure. So we're 34 minutes in. We've already done some uh, some some good topics. Some congratulations. By this time, YouTube has already stopped paying attention as far as the uh, powers that be. Kanye was. Yeah, it's time to get to it, Mr. Ye. Uh, Kanye has effectively been um, canceled for from everything, and it's kind of uh, it's feeling Andrew Tateish, it's feeling Donald Trumpish, where it's like you know where you get canceled on one thing, then people that you didn't even know you were canceled from start getting in on the party, and people that you canceled start canceling you. It's getting strange. Right. Um, he, people you didn't even know you was in partnerships with. It's like, wait, I don't fuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, in case you didn't know, you canceled, nigga. Yeah, you don't record, fuck with you. Either. Record labels you not signed to. You not signed yeah. to or canceling you. <laughs> yeah. That's when it started getting spooky. Uh, so apparently Kanye has uh, been dropped from Def Jam, even though he he left the label. Even though he almost, left Def Jam in 2019. <laughs> even though he left two years ago. Yeah. Uh, he's been dropped from CAA, even though he left two years ago, yeah. four years ago, whatever the case may be. Uh, apparently his new attorney, which was Johnny Depp's attorney, has severed ties with him because, you know, she's a young attorney and just really getting her foot in and just smoked Amber Heard's ass. So she can't be affiliated with Kanye. He's very toxic right now. And... Um, then you have the Adidas part. This was just announced as we were on our way in here to do this thing. The Adidas partnership has been hit with the kibosh. Like, mm-hmm. no more Yeezy Adidas partnership. And for those of you out there uh, unindoctrinated or unfamiliar with business, just because Adidas says it's over doesn't mean that it's over. And what I mean by that, it doesn't mean that the monies he is owed Per the de- per the stipulations of his deal and his contract and his royalty agreement, because it's not a uh, it's not like he lost a Savage X Fenty uh, uh, Instagram model partnership. He is a royalty partner in Yeezy and, par- and owner of said brand. So just because they said it's over doesn't mean that the money train stops no, today. No, it doesn't work that way. And essentially, Adidas is taking the stance that. Because they're a German company and all of the implications that Nazi Germany has to um, the Holocaust and the Jewish culture, 
we cannot be affiliated with anything to be deemed anti-Semitic, offensive, racist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Even though we did that for a couple hundred years. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so with that being said, Kanye and Adidas find themselves in a peculiar position because Adidas is saying this is going to affect not our overall revenue, not our gross. This is going to affect our net revenue to the tune of a quarter billion euros. Yeah. Not USD, not uh, Italian lira, not Mexican pesos. Yeah. Euros. Not Swahili shillings. Your rose, a quarter billion euros to the bottom line per year. You know what that means? People lose jobs. Mm-hmm. Marketing goes down. Infrastructure changes. Middle management positions get eliminated. All of this shit happens because essentially they can't control this radical black man. And there feels like there's a lot of intentionality attached to this thing because Kanye is going on, I'm sorry, yeah, the, formerly, the artist formerly yeah, known as Kanye, Kanye West, anymore. is going above and beyond to go on some of the biggest media platforms and essentially torpedo his economic base, which are these companies. However, he still gets to bounce from all of these different companies and these different partnerships with his influence and his fan base intact. And if you read through a lot of the comments on Say Cheese, Academics, Bloomberg, Business uh-huh. Week, whatever, whatever, it's very down the middle. It's not, oh, yeah, cancel this nigga, and that's it. It's like, y'all kind of proving this point. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, we got to acknowledge that black trauma is a big business and it's for sale. And when you black, anybody could just say well, black on black crime or this and this. They, mm-hmm. they can constantly conflate issues as it relates to us. When we speak up about the racism that we face, the redlining that we face, the business redlining that we face and deal with the limitations that are put on our creative ceilings as black creators, So to have that very pronounced, very front and center, especially on the heels of the Black Lives Matter movement, not the organization and everything going on. So to know that you could do whatever you want to a black person, Mm -hmm. you can say whatever you want about a black person, but you. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bet not mention the bleep community or we will take all of your shit. I mean, it just, it, it just, this is the way it, it works. Mm-hmm. Like, look at a song like Benjamin's and a song like Benjamin's where... Biggie said, you know, attack with the Mac. My left hand spit, right hand grip on the whip for the smooth getaway. Biggie was talking about drive-bys on niggas. Killing black niggas. And then in the same song, you got Jada where he says, you should do what we do, stack chips like 
And they pull that they line that out. out the song. And it's just like, yeah, that's just the way it go. You can talk about killing niggas, ripping their heads off, fucking their wives, fucking their mamas. Slap your mama with my dick. Kidnapping their kids. Your all that shit. You can't. I skeeted in the baby seat. No, you can kidnap black kids on yeah. records. Real shit. You can maim black babies. Like a lot of people don't even know. Did you know Biggie was talking about Nas' daughter on Victory? Wow. Never caught that, did you? Never caught that. Biggie said, uh, how did Biggie start his verse? Uh, why can't I remember this verse right now? As soon as I remember the first word, I know the whole verse. Biggie victory lyrics. Sorry, y'all. We we should know this. Because I always draw blanks when the camera's on. But you know I know like every yeah, yeah, rap yeah. song. You know every rap song invented. of all time. Full in lyrics. the commission, we asked for permission to hit him. He don't like me. Hit him while wifey was with him. Yes. Uh, you heard of us. The murder us. Most shady. Been on the low lately. The feds hate me. I'm the son of Satan. They say my killing's too blatant. You hesitating. I'm in your mama crib waiting. Duct taping. Yo fam. Destiny, Destiny lays, lays in, in my, my hands. hands. Now his daughter's name is Destiny. God I'm in the crib duct taping. Yo fam. Destiny lays in my Like, Biggie was vicious, dog. Vicious. Mm. So many little subliminals that Big used to just do and throw it's out 25 there. years dog, later. Like, you know, and it's just like, yeah, you can do that all day. And motherfuckers will just, like like you say, like just not even pay attention to the shit. But if you mention them, them four word letters or anything. You, you like, better not do it. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And here's the thing that I find most interesting about this shit. That community... Is so savvy, so slick, so stark, and so like pragmatic and stuff, and how they operate and do business. They don't even care if you talk around it. Mm-hmm. You can make innuendo, you can talk around stuff. Long as you don't hit the button or say those four letters, they don't even care. Oh. But as soon as you hit them four letters, the full weight of like this global community comes raining down on you, yep. even though they are only less than half a half a percent of the global population. And it speaks to the fe- the point of what Kanye was saying, where it's like, y'all don't understand. I'm frustrated because I'm jealous. I'm frustrated because their economic base is so strong. I'm frustrated because they own Hollywood. I'm frustrated because they own and control the music industry. All these different things that black people rely upon and participate in in mass in order to be able to get out our dreams and to create financial freedom and prosperity for our families. I'm jealous because we don't have that. Yeah. For every Jay-Z, there's a... Schneider or whatever the case may be, that's twice as rich and one per and a thousand percent less known. Like, look at the what's free verse. You talking about rapping around it? Where Jay Z Jay Z says, "Look at me, hair free, carefree. Niggas ain't near free. Enjoy your chains. What's your employer's name? With that hair piece, I survived the hood. Can no shytan rob me? Like shytan is devil. Mm-hmm. It's like." What white devil are you talking <laughs> about? Exactly. <laughs> With a hair, it's like you can rap around it all motherfucking day, and that mm-hmm. verse was praised. Yes. So it's like, yeah, as long you, as you don't hit the button, as long as you don't hit the button, you straight, you super straight. But Kanye hit the button, and then he he hit it on the shop, and then he hit it again on Piers Morgan, and then he hit it again on Drink Champs, and then he hit it again on this other interview that just came out. That's ninety seven clips on Academics page from this interview. Like he keeps hitting the button. So when I speak to intentionality, I'm saying that as crazy as this nigga may appear, he knows what he's doing. 
Right. And there's some form of an end game here because you don't get to be the richest black man in recorded history, the recorded history of the United States, and then turn around and torpedo that in vain. So there has to be some sort of end game or some sort of financial windfall at the end of all of this for him with that in mind, considering the manner in which he has been able to monetize and bottle influence and then scale and sell product at a rate greater than anyone we have ever seen in our lives. Greater than Michael Jordan, greater than Jay-Z, greater than Kobe Bryant, greater than Oprah Winfrey, greater than anybody. When you talk about influence and product, Mm -hmm. putting something tangible in people's hands, especially at a premium price. And then he attempted to go and partner with the Gap in order to do the same thing at the $20 price point. And because they said, oh, no, nigga, your influence is too great. We got to do this shit at $100 to $200 price point and fuck the whole player. Mm-hmm. And he's been talking about that and the intentionality with which a company like Gap with a global reach and a global scale operates to just suddenly go from being able to get any and everything out on a whim to just fucking up every release and every rollout possible. Mm -hmm. How do you do it? It's a lot that goes into it. And I just look at it where it's like Kanye's words, while they could have been maybe nicer, the plight I think people are missing. Completely missing. Like, I look at something like, just simple shit down to, like, the YouTube play, where, who was it that was running urban shit at YouTube? He's running the whole platform, Lior Cohen. It it was my understanding (laughs) that it was Lior Cohen. And from what I remember reading was that they were paying motherfuckers to keep beefs going. Financially incentivizing it because it pinged the platform and created so much traffic and user interaction. And the last time I remember looking, Lear Cohen was Israeli. Correct. And the Jewish people, didn't they get the whole Israel? Mm-hmm. So, they got a sovereign state. Yeah, so it's like, and I, I remember reading that like most Israelis are Jewish. There are some that aren't, but yeah. it's like most of them are. So it's like... And here's the... And here's I, the like, you, you, you get where I'm going with here's this. the other thing, my brother. The minute that some, anytime somebody mentions Nazi Germany, more reparations come out. Every time. Like, they didn't got reparations about 18 times to this, to this point. And not to say that they shouldn't, because they faced oppression and potential eradication mm-hmm. of their ethnicity. It's not a race, it's an ethnicity. Of their ethnicity, of their religious affiliation. They were, t- uh, Hitler and others attempted to exterminate these people. So they have been made financially whole, and rightfully so. Like, the the persecution of a specific race is very touchy. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think at times we are are so disjointed that we as blacks will, like, push it under the rug. Like, what went on with black people oh, yeah. to a certain extent? You, you hear black people routinely say, I've heard Charleston White recently say, I wasn't no motherfucking slave. They ain't whoop my motherfucking ass. It's that sort of shit. Where we have no connection to our past. But with other ethnic groups, when they go through shit, it's, never, it's always hashtag never forget. It's like the reality of the fact that, like, you know there were black slavers. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was the case for these. I don't know if there were... Jews who were like helping with the extermination of Jewish people when it came to Nazi Germany. So 
like you know the Emmett Till movie is getting ready to come out. And have you seen the trailers for it? No, I haven't. Have you noticed that they're they're doing Jones where like the director and the writer or the script are like coming out and like oh, this isn't going to be one of those trauma movies, y'all. We celebrating the life and this, that. Because, you know, niggas is like me, kind of just tired of seeing yeah, these sure. films. And have you ever, like, really read Emmett Till's story? Yes. So, I, I don't know if people know this. Like, you know that, like, the two white guys who, like, kidnapped him and, and beat him to death and all of that. Did you know they were, like, with two black people? Allegedly? When they did it. Yeah. Like, it was two black guys who helped them. That oh, worked wow. for them. I never knew that. Yeah, if you re- like really go and read the whole Emmett Till story, he got taken from his uncle's house. His uncle was the one they called mm-hmm. preacher. He yeah. got taken from his uncle's house, who was the preacher. And basically, the two white guys had two black guys who worked for them. Because you know, back like yeah, you know, you was we were still working. Yeah, so it's like they worked for them and they helped in like holding him down in the pickup truck and taking him to the barn yeah. and this that, and the thing. Yeah, like that. Sh- it's just like. That type of shit where if you're disconnected from it, I look it up to make sure I know I ain't fucking tripping with this. Like, I haven't looked it up in a while. But I remember reading that years ago. Uh, uh, where we at? Where we at? Where we at? The actual lynching. The perpetrators were Roy Bryant and uh, John William Milam or whatever the fuck his name was. Uh, Half brother in the early morning. They tied up Till in the back of a green pickup truck and drove towards Money, Mississippi. According to witnesses, they took Till back to Brian's grocery store and recruited two black men. The men then drove to a barn and drew. They pistol whipped him on the way, reportedly knocking him unconscious. Willie Reed, who was 18 years old at the time, saw the truck passing by. Reed recalling seeing two white men in the front seat and two black males in the back holding him down. Some have speculated that the two black men worked for Menlime and were forced to help him with the beating, although they later denied being present. I'm, that's not a myth. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm saying it's just like that's kind of how we just are as a people. We're so disjointed that it's just we were never really on the same page. Yeah, for sure. And these other groups, Asians, Jews, Italians, they moved as one for like ever. Yeah, for sure. And that shit is just it's it's there. So we don't even know how to like be present in something because we're constantly worried about this or that. And how I spoke about it on Patreon. Black people moving as one, moving in unison back in the day, like how we talked about black as fuck, where they said women being feminist had to go to the back burner because being black was the only fight that mattered. And now it's not like that because, one, the bag trumps everything. As long as the bag is coming, the motherfuckers don't care what they're doing, what they're on, how they look, how they present it. They don't give a fuck. Money is number one. Then this issue. Then that. Then it's what section I'm from in New York and then what block I'm from in Compton. Yeah, yeah, all of that shit. Like, it just all plays into it. All these qualifiers. Exactly. So it's a lot. And then the other thing is, with certain forms of black trauma, namely like the Emmett Till situation, people are so mentally removed from it, they probably think this shit happened in the 1800s. Yo, that shit happened 67 years ago. My grandmother is about to turn 75 in November. My dad turned 74 in December. And I thought about that shit when, the, when, the, when I saw the, uh, the thing for Emmett Till. Because I know, you know, Emmett Till, I want to say he got killed in 55. 55. Yeah. yeah. Like, my dad was seven years old yeah. in 55. Yep. Like, my dad was born in 48. My grandmother was eight years old. And it's crazy to think, like, Emmett Till happened in his lifetime. Like, yeah, so it's like as much as we want to pretend like this is all some like 1855, 1708 shit, like, no, this shit happened in modern day times. Happened the same year Brown versus the Board of Education happened. 
Like, ain't that nuts? It's crazy. Yeah. So it's like with that in mind, it's like, yo, at some point we got to start um, remarrying ourselves to our history and our past so that we can understand the importance of being united and being one group and not having all these other causes, LGBT, this and that, where I'm, my hood, my gang affiliation, this and this, having all that other shit trump your blackness because I, it's doing us a great disservice. Like, we, we be looking crazy at times, man. I saw Moneybag Yo and him at the fucking Grizzlies game the other day with a bunch of cash on the floor. Yeah. Like, sitting course. Like, what's the point? And it's just like, fam, like... I told you I was sitting next to Steven Starr the other day. Yeah. Man got 31 restaurants. <laughs> Literally. Every restaurant you enjoy going to, pretty much, he got. In this city. It's him or, or uh, Shulson. It's That's it. B- Butcher and Singer, Barclay Prime, Budokan, Elemino, Elvez. You name him, I got him. That man ain't pull out no cash and throw it on the floor and do all this crazy. It's just, we got shit like that where you could never get niggas back in line to like have one common goal it's just impossible it's literally impossible so that's why Kanye's kind of out on an island right now like what he's saying in theory isn't wrong it's the way he went about delivery is awful his delivery is awful and then you know he goes on these platforms where the intent isn't to have a conversation about betterment the intent is to get clicks and to get views. Yeah. And I think that's the issue with the And view. to dunk on him and make him apologize for what he's saying. Well, no, I don't think that was the, the case with Drink Champs or no, Tucker not drink Carlson. Champs. What's, uh, Piers Morgan was basically like attempting to dunk on him the whole time. Like, so you don't think this is wrong? So you don't think you should say, uh, and it's like, yes, I was wrong. I apologize for the people that I hurt and the people that I offended. However, and that's the whole thing, like, Nobody wants to hear the however. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about the but when you so, so, so-and-so. Like, nobody wants to explore the, the, the downside of black trauma even though everybody is monetizing this shit. Dog. Nobody wants to talk about that part of it. The fact that people lose lives, mothers lose sons, fathers lose fucking brothers and, and uncles and all kind mm-hmm. of shit. Like, nobody wants to talk about that part of it. Nobody wants to talk about part of the reason why black on black crime is where it is is because we've been fucking programmed that we are valueless and that a black life don't mean shit. So take it whenever you want. You made it uh, the case today in the group chat where you was like, yo, three fifths of a man happened in our parents lifetime. Yes. Yeah, that shit wasn't that, that long ago. Is, like none of this shit is that long ago. No. And that's what I want people to understand and take away from this conversation. Not that we're taking up for Kanye, but the fact that all this black atrocity and shit that went on. Wasn't that long ago. George Floyd was two years ago. That was a lynching. That was a public lynching on camera. So as misguided as his comments were on that matter, and he's an idiot for saying what he said. He didn't, because he didn't flesh out his point. Because he was trying to conflate that point against like, oh, well, LVMH killed Virgil or did the same thing to Virgil, whatever, whatever. He was trying to make a false comparison, and he's a jackass for that. And I believe in giving people 
the credit they deserve for being stupid when they stupid and the credit they deserve for being right when they right. Yeah, a real big supporter to the show. She was like, I hate the fact that y'all made me change my opinion on Kanye. And I'm like, listen, this is just the reality. Like, I hate to quote my grandfather because he used to always say the shit, but a broken clock is really going to be right. Yeah. Twice a day. It's just no... If the clock stop on 5.13, it's going to be 5.13 a.m. And then it's going to be 5.13 p.m. Yeah. And when it's 5.13 p.m., that clock is right. So while it's broken, the shit is right, <laughs> right right now. And to that point, and I think I can speak for you too, we don't give a fuck who it is when they write. I ain't mad because this person that I dislike is right. I think that'd be the bigger issue with like society now where it's like, if we like you, we'll let you be wrong. We'll let you be wrong. If we don't like you, we don't even care when you write. And that's the biggest problem. I've watched people who people like misspell shit, say shit that's just factually incorrect, all of that. Think about when they do PTI. When they get done at the end, you know how Wilborn would always tell him, like, this is where you messed up, this is where you messed up. Because it's like, yo, you, you have to acknowledge this. Yeah. You can't just say things and then it just be wrong. Remember when we was wrong about Dipset? Man, we, we heard that shit for weeks. And we came on here and And we ate came it. right on here and, yo, we was 100% wrong. We put our, like, we, because here's the thing. We live in a culture where everybody wants to be the first to react, the first to say this, the first to say that on some soldier boy shit. I'm the first to do this, the first, the first, the first, the first. Nobody wants to be the first to apologize or the first to say I fucked up, I was wrong, my perspective was off on this, I looked at this wrong, I didn't examine this other side of this fucking argument. Mm -hmm. Nobody. Mm -hmm. When the headline comes out, Chris Brown kidnapped woman and had a, had raped her on a boat and this and this and this, and then it comes out that she was DMing him yesterday. It's like. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean what you want from me? I mean, he beat Rihanna. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You they'll know he on drugs. They'll conflate some other yeah, issue. Yeah, Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown jaw. Like, yeah. they, they just turn into some other some other thing. And it's just like, yo, at some point, we got to make the, make culturally, we got to make the apology be as loud as the disrespect or as loud as the accusation or as loud as the fucking claim. And at the end of the day, Kanye, albeit a jackass, albeit terrible delivery, albeit torpedo in the fuck out of itself and I wouldn't do it if I was in this position yeah. to be worth six to eleven billion dollars I wouldn't do it yeah. but he's taking a stance and it's like somebody got a got some similar beliefs this shit not rooted in nothing yeah. y'all can't think he the only one nigga that think like this yeah. cause he ain't no no cause no less than half of what the nigga saying I agree with yeah you go below the Mason Dixon <laughs> you can find a lot of niggas oh, that talk man. like this real shit because here's the other thing. We're, we, we've got to the point where we've conflated so many issues because we so mad at Kanye with so much different shit that we trying to make it seem like everybody's mad at him for the anti-Semitism. No, they ain't. Black people ain't mad about that shit. Because they didn't heard their grandfather say the same thing for yeah. 62 years. Yeah. Black people ain't mad about that shit. They mad about what he said about George Floyd. They mad because he hanging with Candace, uh, Candace, Candace Owens, Owens and, and that's another bitch we don't like. That's what they mad about. The White Lives Matter t-shirt and shit like that. They mad that. about shit like that. Which half of it is like representational shit. It ain't mm -hmm. even like actual stuff. Yeah. Because even the George Floyd shit is easily debunked. So it's like they mad about that shit. They ain't even, they're not mad. So they're trying to, the mainstream media, MSM, is trying to make it seem like we're all mad at him about the same thing. And I'm here to tell you as a part of the independent media, no he ain't. Yeah. Real. No, he ain't. So, albeit wrong on a lot of this shit, right on some other shit. And it's like, 
if we not going to have the dialogue in the conversation, we ain't going to never get nowhere because every time somebody hits a certain button, it's like, nigga, it turned into pops. Don't say nothing. It's interesting you say that because Paul Mooney used to have a joint where he would talk. He, I remember it was on uh, 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 Jesus is Black, Know Your History. And the uh, remember the white couple got up and left. And he was like, he was like pointing at me like, look, 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 look. And they going to the beach. Don't, they, don't, take, don't take it wrong. They going to the mm-hmm. beach. You know what I'm saying? He's like, he going to be snapping on her in the car. Like, honey, I thought you said we were going to see Mickey Rooney. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he was like, the reality is they can't take that shit. We laugh at all the pain we have. Mm-hmm. We, we can laugh at slave jokes, pork food jokes, and beaten jokes, and all these things. Chitlins was, tw- was, was trending on Twitter the other day. Why? Cause somebody put up a post talking about yeah y'all would rather do such and such and eat chitlins and yeah. that was trending the uh-huh. other day and it's just like that has that deep rooted cultural implication back to slavery mm-hmm. because all we could eat was what the fuck was left yeah like we we he was basically saying how every race and every people can laugh at themselves except for white people. And he was like, when you make jokes about white people, it's crazy because the white people ain't even first to get offended. It's it's us. Oh, he's like, this nigga gonna get us in trouble. Hold on. Yeah. Like, it's like that. And it's yeah, like, hold yo, on, mess are coming. Yeah, it's like, yo, that shit is the truth. I watch motherfuckers where I work where it was like, yo, they would do all this shit, talk all this shit, this and the third. The fucking uh, director walk in. Oh, man, how you doing, man? How's it going? <laughs> you catch the Phillies last night? Phillies didn't even play last night. Right, exactly. <laughs> I see. You know, Rod Stewart gonna be at, uh, see, gonna yeah. be at live. He's gonna be down there at Penn's Land. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yo, that shit real, man. That's a real, real thing. Yeah, so it's bad. So to wrap this Kanye conversation up, two other points that I want to make. I want to change this. Yeah, for sure. The thing that bothered me, that's bothering me the most about all of this is is the Forbes shit. Yeah, the Forbes thing. The Forbes thing is bothering me. It took Forbes essentially four years, three, four years, to acknowledge the fact that this man was a billionaire. And they kept playing with the net worth calculation and this, 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 that, and the third and didn't want to give him his credit as being a billionaire. They just now, earlier this year, finally was like, all right, nigga, goddamn, all right, maybe, maybe you're right. Like, maybe, maybe we muffed the formula. We was supposed to be a one and we put a, a negative eight. Like, maybe we fucked it up. And now, four minutes after the Adidas partnership gets announced as terminated, guess what Forbes did? Oh, yeah, this nigga's not a billionaire no more. And it's that shit. This is how I know that it's all just made up shit. It's all just guessed. It's whimsical. It's, it's whimsical. That's exactly what it is. Whatever we feel like. Whatever today. we... They That's said Kali was a billionaire. Turn, then they start doing... Somebody else did an independent calculation. Nah, it's probably like eight fifty nine hundred. It ain't quite there yet. But, but the whole headline was... Kylie becomes the first billionaire in the Kardashian family. Mm-hmm. Youngest billionaire, youngest billionaire ever, and, third, and all this shit, all this hip shit. And then they did, then they dug into the calculation and was like, "Nah, y'all off like probably two hundred m's, hundred fifty m's, give or take." But when it's a black man, oh, your shit get updated in real time. Nah, you a black, you a nigga, and we yeah. don't like you. Yeah. Oh man, update the website. Yeah, refresh, refresh, nigga. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> two forty, nigga. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. yeah, it's over. And it's that sort of shit. So that shit bothered me a lot. And then the second thing is, we make predictions on the show. We're pretty sharp, pretty astute guys. Some, some, some young futurists out here. I'd be willing to, inv- to, to bet cash money. I don't know how much money, but some form of money. Kanye already has all of this shit already figured out. And whoever the new investors may be, they're already out there. 
they're already vetted and they're already ready to go. Because when you have culture currency and influence, most importantly, and a track record of selling product and experiential um, things where you can pay, get niggas to pay top dollar to come to a goddamn listening party, mm-hmm. like in, 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 or a fashion show or whatever, whatever, shit that's historically invite only and free, and you can monetize that and get people to pay for it, somebody want to be a part of that. Yep. Somebody want in. And the, 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 the comparison I made was look at the PGA Tour versus the Live Golf Association. Mm-hmm. There was all of this fucking vitriol and how dare you motherfuckers, you partnering with Saudi Arabia and they politics and women can't drive and this, this, da, 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 da. And already in six months, guess what's kicking the PGA Tour's ass? Live, Live Golf. Golf Association. I just saw Travis Scott and Maxim Magazine are having a Halloween party in Miami. Guess who's the sponsor? Live, Live golf, golf, nigga. Because at the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck when you got the bag. Now, I told you, the money trumps everything. And y'all keep playing and acting like money is not everywhere. Oh. Money is vast and flows in abundance. Mm-hmm. And just because these motherfuckers over here in the Western world ain't fucking with Kanye... Don't mean that there ain't the Prince of Iran or the Sheik of this or the whatever, whatever, or the Saudi nationals or Bro, the government or the royal family of Qatar that don't got four billion for this nigga to make Yeezy two today. You know, uh, remember when the baby was getting? They was clowning him for having to cancel the show in New Orleans. I saw the baby the other night performing in in South Korea with like ninety thousand people. Exactly, in the arena. and it's just like, yeah, the money is global. We have this thing of thinking that the Western world is the only world, and that I, there yo, are I economies God, everywhere else. I thought about that the other night when the uh, when the um, Phillies won the, the uh, NLCS and it was like the Phillies have a shot to go and win the world championship and I'm like yo America is so much like of assholes that yeah. if you win a championship here that's the world that's the world championship it's the only that's one that shit, counts crazy. It's, the, it's the world series like you beat a nigga in Denver you the world champion <laughs> the, competi- <laughs> the competition in, in the Japanese ba- ba- uh, baseball league rivals the talent levels here why the fuck do you think Otani is whooping everybody's yeah, ass every couple of years look at you Darvish <laughs> look at Ichiro look at Otani every couple of Years a new member. You have uh, some transcendent. What was the the pitcher from the Dodgers? Um, that had the wild ass kick. Um, Hideo Nomo, Hideki Nomo. Yeah, yeah. like it's every couple of years, it's a new motherfucker just that complete. Up. That that's almost playing a and different and, game. And don't go to like Costa Rica or Dominican and let like the Vladimir Guerrero Juniors and all these the Juan Sotos. Yasiel Puig came over this motherfucker on y- a raft. Yasiel Puig got kidnapped in his travels, and the pirates was like, "We gonna be agents." <laughs> You know the pirates got a lot of motherfuckers don't know that. The pirates that kidnapped Yasiel Puig out on the waters got a percentage of his contract with the Dodgers. I'm not making that up. Yeah, like 30%. Yeah, you can make that check out the Pirates LLC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> 3. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's T H R E. Yeah, them like the like them franchise boys, <laughs> yeah. like them pirates, <laughs> them pirates LLC. with a Z, pirates with a Z, nigga. Them pirates LLC. Thank you. We make that check out to us. Yeah, they got paid off his Dodgers contract. Craziest shit ever. Yeah, yeah. So he defected from Cuba and straight got captured out on the water. Yes, and they was like, "Oh, you nice at baseball? Cool. We are gonna take you to the to the to the, to yeah. the Dodgers." There's some, you know, some some uh, uh, some tech or electricity billionaire out in Singapore that don't give a fuck about Kanye hitting the hitting that four letter button. They don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, when you have global influence, a huge name, 
and you can create industry not only for yourself but for others. Somebody somewhere wants in on that. Mm-hmm. And it might not be in the Western world, but God damn it, the world ain't, oh, the Western world ain't the only world. Motherfucking Tiger goes to Australia and tours the whole country. They go do 30 shows. Y'all think Tiger bullshit? Tiger lit in Australia, nigga. Uh. He's the nigga over there. So we have this way of like our media, like sculpting these stories and crafting these narratives to make us think that like we're the only players in the game. And. Knowing what I know about global economies and all of that shit, I'm here to tell you that couldn't be furthest from the truth. We talked about it here on the show like, like two, three weeks ago. The United States is no greater than the 21, 21st greatest country where you talk about economics, quality of life, and you add up the whole everything. So this whole greatest nation in the world shit is some fucking propaganda shit. Oh. Because I would give up certain civil liberties in order to get certain benefits that exist in other places. Oh. Starting in 2009, Puig tried to defect to Mexico 13 times in order to become a legal resident so he could become eligible to sign a contract in the major leagues. The first time, the police pulled over Puig's car. The second time, the boat failed to arrive. The third time, police raided their safe house and detained him for six days. On the fourth try, U.S. Coast Guard intercepted their boat near Haiti. The fifth time, he was successfully taken to Mexico by Los Zetas, which is a murderous Mexican drug cartel involved in cocaine and smuggling. Uh... Junior Despagi, a boxer who was formerly on the Cuban national team and had known Puig for years throughout youth sports academics, said, I don't know if you could call it kidnapping because we had gone there voluntarily, but we were also free to leave. If you didn't receive the money, they were saying that at any moment they might give him a machete, which is a whack, they call it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. With a machete. Chop off an arm, a finger, or whatever, and he would never be able to play baseball anymore. Floridian Paul Pachero, the 29-year-old president of Miami-based TNP Metal, allegedly played the smugglers 350000 to get Puig out of Cuba. Like, them niggas got straight paid off of that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, look, we gonna cut his arm off. Or y'all <laughs> hit us off with the blade. <laughs> like, yeah, that shit real, dog. So... You know, at the end of the day, I look at it and I'm just like, yo, <sighs> everywhere got things that are fucked up. Correct. And everywhere got things that are decent. There, you know, you could like look at Qatar, it's the richest country on earth, but they got liberties that we, that we have liberties that they don't have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You go to Singapore, so you know you can't spit in Singapore. Yeah. Like if you spit, they will come with a truck and put you in it. Right. Fuck you spitting out there for <laughs> 300 days, nigga. Like, yeah, real <laughs> shit. Like, so it, it, it's, it's one of those, like, give or take type thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 you know, there's always some form of, like, quid pro quo that exists depending upon what are the, the, the rules of the land that you are operating in and existing in. Um, so my, my thing would be, my final take on this would be to anybody that thinks this is, this is Ye's, Ye's, anybody who thinks this is Ye's final stand, you got this shit fucked up. Like, you don't get this popular and this successful, and then all of a sudden it just ends, and then that's the end of your story. It doesn't work that way. Uh, Mike Tyson fucked off between him and whatever Don King was doing, $400 million in the 90s. Mike Tyson back rich again. It's estimated he worth somewhere between 50 to $100 million. You know what I mean? Between his podcast, his cannabis company, his one-man show on Broadway, all the different stuff that he's doing. So it's like, you know, you, you there, there's all, and, and, and what we like more than anything, than a, than a, uh, than a tragedy is a comeback story. So I guarantee, and Kanye on like his ninth comeback at this point. So it's not the first time he he went fucking radical. It's probably the worst time he went radical, but uh, his story is still being told and will be, uh, 
you know, what will ultimately happen with him is still to be determined. But I'm willing to bet he did all this because somebody somewhere whispered in his ear and said, yo, you know, if you get out of your deal, we got what a, whatever billion for you to come do so, 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 and so over here. You know what I mean? So we'll see. We will see. Um, changing gears a little bit. Um, still in business, but somebody that we all know and love. Jay-Z is presently cutting ties with Duce and Bacardi and has sued Bacardi brands for basically the same type of shit that Kanye West is talking about. So maybe I'm not changing gears. He's suing Bacardi for the same basic shit that, that Kanye is talking about, which is disparity and lack of transparency in business. And um, Bacardi essentially is attempting to mask uh, several thousands of cases of Duce, mask distribution numbers, and be deceptive about how much money the company actually makes in order to devalue Jay-Z's stake in it for a, for him trying to sell his 50% share or whatever of the company. So as previously reported on Revolt on October 17, Jay-Z filed a lawsuit against Bacardi. The music mogul believed the privately held family-owned Spears company was being dishonest about the financial records for his top-shelf top cognac, Duce. Jay-Z partnered with Bacardi in 2011 to launch Duce, and it was a big deal. He famously shouted out the cognac in his 2013 hit with Beyonce, Drunk in Love. Uh, and he rapped and his wife sang on the chart top and track. Yesterday, or the last week, October 20th, TMZ reported that Jay-Z believes there's a breach of contract in his agreement with the alcohol brand. The contract states Bacardi must negotiate in good faith, but Jay doesn't feel they are. Sources say the New York rapper's company, SC Liquor, wants to gain access to Bacardi's financial records because they suspect the value of Duce is being lowballed. TMZ adds that Jay-Z and his legal team say the cognac is being priced well below fair value. The outlet previously quoted the demands of the lawsuit is saying it needs all books and records, the location of all warehouses storing Duce barrels, bottles, and accessories, as well as all info regarding Bacardi's physical inventory and its inventory processes. That's a, that's a lot to say. Bacardi's on some bullshit. I want out. I've raised the value of this brand. I want out. And y'all are basically trying to prevent me from getting fair market value because you know once Jay-Z is no longer attached to this, now y'all got to work. Yeah, the shit is out the window. Y'all have to go to work now. Mm -hmm. Y'all got to find brand ambassadors. Y'all got to find an infrastructure. All of this shit that I was able to do at a cut rate for years because I'm Jay-Z, y'all are going to have to do at full market value in order to get the same output because the cool factor of the coolest nigga of, in history is no longer associated and attached to this brand. I'm out of here. And because... Jay-Z is now part of LVMH. He understands the value of a cognac company. He understands the value, the true value of a spirits company. I'm in the throes with the biggest producer of champagne, spirits, and cognac in the world. Why the fuck would I stay over here with y'all and keep getting these little bullshit passive-ass checks when in reality I could just sell out and then just go be a fucking investor or a ambassador for Hennessy and get way more money? Look I'm what, already in the family. Look at what George Clooney did with uh, Casamigos. Casamigos. Yeah. Little small tequila company, billion dollar company. Like, overnight, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, not that long. Like, six, seven years. Liquor is very trendy. Yeah. Very trendy. Remember when uh, when when when, uh, when Dipset had a scissor? No. Fucking uh, Jim Jones banged on Mace on the radio? No. Scissor boys, quarter billion. Yo. 
Like, you don't even got to go that far back. Just look at the way the tequila shit. Like, you remember pre-pandemic, the tequila of choice was, um, what was it? 1942. No, before that, Patron. Oh, Patron. I remember Patron was it. Pat Ron straight up. You know what I'm saying? Then it was Don Julio, 14, 1942. Then during the panorama, it was the white bottle. Class uh, Azul. The Class Azul. We got out of the panty. Now it's the Casamigos. To yeah. where it's like it's... it's it's ever changing. It's it's just shit. It's crazy. It's literally crazy. It's ever changing. And what people don't understand um, is that, you know, in those little short throws of a run that a brand could go on a run or whatever, you're creating generational wealth for everybody involved because it doesn't it doesn't take long when you talk about when you're selling product. So if you go if a product goes from being thirty million a year to being a billion fucking essentially overnight. The, the, it's already done. The hard work is done already. We've already made substantial capital. We didn't all even you expect have to, to do make. is all you have. Like Jay Z said it best on the joint with Kanye uh, on the first album. First, I had the streets, then I had the charts. That's really all you got to do. Yep. Like once you get the charts, it, like it, nigga. That's why you look up now and The Rock got a tequila. LeBron got a tequila. Mark Wahlberg just got a tequila. Mark Wahlberg Mark just Wahlberg invested in a tequila. Every, because it's like, oh shit, these Jones make how much a year? Yeah, how much? Billions? The fuck? We selling them at retail for how? We selling them at wholesale for how much? Dog. And they got to order. We can put order mandates in where they got to order this much in order to get it. And then you have somebody like 50 Cent who right now through his fucking cognac brand, through Branson, he just got brand uh, activations with like seven NBA teams. Houston Rockets, Sacramento Kings, Indiana Pacers. And he said he got a bunch more that's getting announced where that's going to be the. So Hennessy is the official uh, uh, cognac of the NBA but within the NBA, because all these organizations are independent contractors or whatever the case may be, they're allowed to select who they want to be their spirit partners and all of that shit. So now Branson uh, Cognac is associated with all of these different Jones. And you can do cool shit when you got somebody big attached to the brand where you do what's called brand activations, where it's like, yo, we'll go around market by market and 50 cent will come at your liquor store as long as you order 200 cases or more. So it's like, yo, you do that shit a thousand times. <laughs> that's 200,000 cases of liquor that's getting sold. Shit like that. You know what I mean? What is like, the, what's the number one seller of tequila still for, for 2021? Patron? Nope. Uh, for 2021? Uh, is it Casa? Hmm. Don Julio? Jose Cuervo? Cuervo. And they selling it at seventeen dollars a bottle. Retail. You know, the cheaper. You know, like at the end of the day, if you like about Walmart or or uh, what could I say? Yeah, and distri- that, this distribution. Yeah, like when you've got the joint where it's like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not trying to be funny. I hate, know y'all hate to believe this, but <laughs> it's only you niggas that's drinking Casamigos. <laughs> like at the end of the day, Quavo still is just gonna outsell. Yeah. It said in 2021, Quavo so sold 7.9 million cases. That's insane. That's insane. How many bottles come in a case? Six to 12. Six depending. to 12, yeah. right? Yeah. Damn. So if it's 12, they sold 100 million bottles of that shit. Yeah. At $20 a pop. You do the math. You do the math. You exactly. do the math. <laughs> yeah. Number one was Quavo. Number two was Patron. Number three is Don Julio. And Casamigos was number four. Yeah. So it's like... The, the money is abundant, you know what I mean? So for somebody like Jay-Z getting that peek behind the curtain where it's like, yo, years ago, we was just figuring it out with Armadale. That was a test run. We was just scratching the surface on getting Now, I will involved. say this. For 
the numbers aren't official yet for 2022 because we're yeah. still in it. But from where they're standing, this is the spiritbusiness.com. Casamigos should come in number one uh, for tequila brand champion title in 2022. The brand is reporting a whopping 95.6% sales increase. increase. <laughs> from 2.2 million. Shout cases. out niggas. <laughs> Shout out niggas. <laughs> Shout out niggas, damn near doubled the business in yeah, one year. Almost a hundred percent increase. Already. Already. We still got three more months of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all Shout keep, out niggas. Keep getting that casa. <laughs> keep running it up. Just drinking casa uh, on fucking uh, Saturday and Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Shout out niggas. Damn. Omeka, El Jamador, Hornitos. Yeah, it's like niggas don't even touch Hornitos. It's still in the top es, 10. Espolon. Espolon. That's Espolon. A, that's, Espolon is real good. And uh, Saza. Oh, Sauza. Sauza. Yeah, they close out the top 10, though. But it's yeah, a, they're projecting that Casamigos should be number one this year with already already reporting 95.6% sales increase. So you figure if they was at 2.2, that means they had 4.2, 4.3 already. So yeah, they should be at like, yeah, because think about yeah. it. Yeah, Quavo. Yeah, damn. Shit. So that means they snatch market share from everybody mm-hmm. if they were able to do that. You know what I mean? And it's just like, yo, it's just so much money. So for somebody like Jay-Z that, you know, is partnered with the big and the best now, it's like, yeah, I'd just rather be out of this business. Just cash me out and let me go go my merry-ass way. You know what I'm saying? I'm making enough money from over here through LVMH's uh, distro channels and shit. I don't even need to be a part of this no more. It's wasted effort. You know what I'm saying? And it's one less meeting I got to attend every week or one less Zoom call I got to get on every week. My time is more valuable than continuing to invest equity in this uh, fucking, you know, this cognac company. 72% of all tequila produced in 2021 was consumed in, in the United States. Like, they're not even drinking that shit in Mexico. Yeah. Like, it's their export. Yeah. Uh, it was like, why the fuck we, what are we drinking this shit for? It's our biggest export. Fuck that. 2021 was essentially explosive year for tequila with over 27 million non-liter cases being sold in the country, amounting to 254 million liters. The nation's demand for tequila exceeded the world's second largest importer, Germany, by a factor of 63 to 1. Like, motherfuckers love tequila now, yo. This shit is crazy. 63 to 1. Yo. But part of that is because they the brand image of tequila has changed over the last five years. Tequila went from Remember being... Remember tequila was like scumbag Yeah, it was shit. some scumbaggy shit. Like, you only drunk that shit when you was with hookers in Mexico. Exactly. <laughs> like, that was the shit. brand image. Remember I told you the white boy told us, man, you can get tequila, 25 cents a shot over yeah. there. Mexico. The brand image was fucked up. But now it's like, yo, you transform the brand image, you make it sexy, you associate it with success and the fact that, like, yo, you could ha- get bombed and wake up with no hangover and this, this, That's this, what that, happened with third. vodka during, like, the 80s, 90s renaissance. You remember vodka was, like, for, like, soldiers. And like, Russian oligarchs. Yeah, yeah. And then it was, like, puffy and Ciroc and we gambling. Yeah, they made it sexy. Yeah, they made it sexy. Yeah. It's like you could take any product, and make it sexy. Nigga, yeah. Niggas could take slow gin, make mm-hmm. that shit sexy. I it's remember when niggas was up. drinking Armadale, and I'm like, yo, that nasty ass double distilled vodka. Yeah, that shit y'all. tastes like a uh, fuel injector Dog, cleaner. Oh, guzzling <laughs> that shit. <laughs> you got a '94 Delta. You trying to, you want to try to boost your RPMs and shit? Put some of that. I remember walking in my homie in. basement, and they had a bottle of tequila, and they was like passing it around. I mean, a bottle of a. Uh, uh, Armadale, and they was passing that shit around. I was like, what are y'all doing? They was like, you know how I go, dog, take a sip, pass it around the room. And I'm like, y'all some losers, man. <laughs> Say, y'all gotta stop living these raps up. Y'all are assholes. Y'all are some assholes. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> hey, the burst your bubble. Y'all some fucking assholes, fam. Jesus Christ, man. 
Yeah, Unbelievable! So, so that's just that how much that. money this shit is making. Uh, got a few more topics. We gonna pop off. We gonna get up out of here in a minute. Uh, shout out to Dirkio. You know what I mean? Congrats, Dirk. That 2019 uh, five criminal charges from 2019 got dropped from when him and uh him and Vaughn was having a shootout in front of the varsity in uh in, in Atlanta. And essentially, what the DA is now saying, Fawny Willis, of course. Uh, world sexiest DA. Uh, what she's saying is that uh, essentially, if King Von was alive, we would have been charging him with this shit. But he ain't, so little Dirk, go about your business. And uh, Dirk's lawyer trended. Apparently, he got some uh, some sexy, thick white woman, some Nubian white queen as his attorney, mm-hmm. and they got all of these uh, charges dismissed or whatever the case may be. So congratulations, Dirk. Shout out to that. And uh, that's that on that. Um, this week, new album. Drake and 21 Savage. Oh, yeah, yeah, I seen that. Yeah, they called they, her fi- loss. They finally released the video for Jimmy Cook. Yeah, just that. Drake's verse. Yeah. And then they just talked the rest of the video yeah. with like a promo on it or whatever the case may be. Shit did like a million views in three hours or some crazy shit. I saw he was at, uh, he brought him out at the homecoming. Yeah. Homecomings is crazy now. The homecomings are going crazy. Yo, yeah. somebody, I, I need somebody to audit these school budgets. Yo, <laughs> like, yo. how do y'all have all this money for these homecomings, man? I know somebody who knows somebody that was like working a, a relatively known, like, school budget yeah, yeah, and yeah. like how they would go about getting talent. And it would be like, say, say I'm in charge of getting talent at, uh, uh, I don't go NSU, nigga State University. Okay, NSU, nigga State. Yeah, NSU. I'm the the motherfucker handling all of that shit. So NSU come to me and be like, "Look, we got 200k for you to bring in as much talent as you want for homecoming." They'd be like, "Okay, bet." So then I'm like, "Damn, I'm gonna get Dirk for the the headliner of the show." Dirk want you know a hundred, a hundred. But I go to you who was in the feds with Dirk, uncle. And then you like, no, nah, I can get Dirk for 80. And I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to build your company for, for the bean. Yeah. You get Dirk to 80, you walk off with like, motherfuckers be doing shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so it's like all this con- this contract paper trail mm-hmm. of like, well, this money came from here to here. Mm-hmm. Then he paid out this to yeah. here, but they retained mm-hmm. this. Them Pirates LLC. <laughs> yeah, them pi- back at yeah, it. Yeah, back at it. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. when y'all thought it was over. We got yeah, another We got dub. another. We got another scam <laughs> going, baby. Them Pirates LLC, build that directly to me. I'll panel him and we be there. You know what I'm saying? Because he can do that right on the way to the next show. And right. boom, we don't even got to put that in a bag. <laughs> Shit's crazy. Pirates with a Z. Pirates with a Z. Don't misspell that. It's the wire. I'm about to text the wire info. <laughs> Fuck this up. Yeah, that shit real, man. But no, these homecomings is going up. I saw Jackson State. Jackson State is going crazy right now with yeah. Dion down there and shit. But I saw Rick Ross, Snoop. They was like, Snoop runs into Rick Ross at homecoming. I'm just like, why are motherfuckers just at the home? Like, that <laughs> shit is crazy. Not even doing nothing. Just down there. Yeah, shout out Howard University. They had their homecoming this past weekend. Uh, my man Busy Crook uh, was down there, performed and all of that. Uh, DJ Golden Boy, uh, my brother, my hermano, uh, Javi, is basically like a Howard alumni. I saw Kyle and his wife was there. Their pictures look fly. Yeah, he's like Howard alumni. So they was there programming some stuff, being around, doing a bunch of shit. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to them, man. All of the you know black colleges and universities is having their homecomings and all that right now in the last few weeks. Um, that's pretty dope. Uh, what else What else you want to talk about? What you got? Uh, what do I got right People now? People curse us out when we do less than two hours. We have like 90 minutes. Let's talk about uh, our business shit. 
Okay. That we figured out with this whole situation as far as like them doing the redlining shit with the trucking industry. Can yeah. We talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So um, last week, um, in my, I, I'm I'm calling around. Me and Matt last week Tuesday were like, we gonna go f- look at some trucks today. Blah blah blah. There are no trucks in PA, <laughs> so that's what we figured out. So that's the first thing we figured out. So that's a barrier to entry right there. Um, second thing, just in kind of calling around, trying to locate some trucks or whatever like that, I ended up speaking to somebody that's actually um, a broker in the trucking industry. Mm-hmm. He, um, you know, works with like 27 different banks or whatever like that. He works with all different dealers and stuff all over the country. And, um, you know, we were just talking about our uh, our finance setup. Mm-hmm. And he was basically on the tip, like, are y'all looking for financing? And yeah. we like, no, we already got they already. Got, I, was like, I was like, I don't have a pre-approval. I have an approval. Yeah, we like, approved already. I'm already approved. So he's like, hey, what bank are you with? Blah, blah, blah. So I explained to him, he's like, oh, you with Dakota, this and this and this. All right, cool. So, yeah, he's like, you're probably at like a 40% down, this and this. I'm like, no, it's like half of that. We sent him to John, and he was like, this is actually a really this good deal This is a really good deal. startup. Yeah. And it's just like, first, you could, you could already sense it, like, who are you niggas? Who are you niggas? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who are you niggas LLC? Yeah. What a Z. Are y'all them pirates? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, like, how did you how did you get this? Like And it turns out that like this is the the joint we've been harping for the last couple of years with like Patreon, all this like not necessarily your credit score, but your file and yeah, just how your much credit data shit, is super how much important. That shit matters. So we got approved on a tier one financing where they came to us and was like, listen, 25%. We'll handle everything. Whoop de whoop whoop. In fact, after thirty five days, we'll give you another deal to go ahead yeah. and do another better one. Better than this deal. Better than this one. And so- you got an eighteen month early buyout option where after eighteen months you own this motherfucker and it cuts the interest in half. Which is already, you know, one of our lower interests that we set up, but essentially cuts it in half or whatever. Exactly. So talking with him, it's like he basically was on the tip like, man, this is this is actually like really good because most startups they make you do 40% and then you have to own a home mm-hmm. on your application. And we both just kind of like the little baby face. Like it's like, wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah, what the fuck does owning a home gotta do with trying to create a business and um, you know, and op- and obtaining a truck. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's a collateralized loan, just mm-hmm. in the nature of it. Because if I don't make the payments, you come get the truck. Mm-hmm. Now, I do understand that there's higher risk associated in the trucking industry because if I'm in a truck, it's, it's assumed that I'm driving all around the country. So you just got to catch me when you, you can. Or whatever what happened with Kevin be. Hearn? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, holla. Yeah, you got to catch me when you yeah. can. So it's like that sort of thing. So it's like, yes, there is a heightened level of risk there. But at the end of the day, once you capture your collateral back, that has a imminent value of what you can turn around and sell it for or lease it to the next sucker. Exactly. So it just it just caught me a little bit off guard, but it kind of made me harken back to when I bought the GT and I was going through the throes of the financing with Mercedes and they were basically saying like, yo, like you don't own a home. You know what I'm saying? Like, like why should we give you a hundred and thirty thousand dollar car and you don't own a home? And it's just kind of like, well, what the fuck do one got to do with the other? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, home ownership speaks to a level of stability and this, this, that, and the third. And it's like, yeah, but I don't own a home. So it's like, now what? And then it's like, oh, well. I've seen people get foreclosed on homes. All the time. Now what? I saw home foreclosures cause a global fucking uh, break in the economy. Real shit. <laughs> like, because people had too many homes. Too much homes. Too much homes. Yeah. Niggas had four homes on a on a Wendy's salary. Dog, I saw that, that uh, the 2008 recession, Joan, it was talking about how when they was doing that shit, the chick said she went in for a house. 
She applied for the loan. She was looking for 160 grand, and she basically did all her calculations. Like 160 thousand on a home loan will be about as much as I can afford to where I don't gotta like stress and struggle for my my monthly payment. She said when she got the approval back, they approved her for 550, and she was like, "What the fuck? Okay, like, <laughs> and you know when you, you mini mansion time, mini mansion time. There's no way you can like." You you go into anywhere you ask for a loan for thirty thousand. They like I mean you can get ninety. You like well, shit, bring run it. Nine. Yeah, bring the ninety. I don't need it, but give it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, like the home ownership thing is just weird. And me and you both was just like, do it feel like it's like another play on trying to keep people? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a way to oppress people. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like yo, it's like if 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 this is an industry wide practice, and the majority of people that you know control the access to capital are saying you got to own a home in order to get this money is just kind of like, well, shit. It's like, what if I have the the down payment and the money and the credit standing and everything, but I just don't own a home? It's like, what the fuck do I do? Because it's like, what if you are in a market where your brokerage doesn't push you to Dakota or to one of the lenders that don't require this? You just asked out. Or you got to like buy like some shitty piece of equipment, some super duper old piece of equipment that you're going to have to deal with maintenance issues and potential breakdowns and work stoppages and this, this, and this, which is then going to also further kill your potential ability to, you know, gain cap, gain access to capital. And it's just one of them things where it's like, well, damn, like how many other industries have this same sort of practice when people are trying to like, you know, break into it as a, on a startup level. And it's just like, yeah, like it ain't really nothing we could do for you. And that's the biggest thing when it be like coming from where we come from is, you know, getting funding for whatever business idea you got. It's one of those things that it's like, it's so hush hush. And, you know, realistically, when people figure this shit out of, you know, it's time to go sell a course. Instead of just telling your people yeah. like, no, nah, this is what you want to worry about. This is what you want to like. You were big on me with that a couple years ago. Like, yo, push your limits. Like, yeah. if you get a card for 5000 use that shit up. Use that shit up. Go back and be like, yo, I need more money. Like, give me 10 yeah. You know, go and get a personal loan for 20 I took a personal loan out for damn near 30 Paid the shit back. And it's just like, yo, when I went to go get this off of my pot, they like, that's all you want? Yeah. Because you can max this motherfucker out and really, you know, and it's just, yeah, that shit matters so that when you go somewhere... All the time with my truck. When I did that shit, every time I would go and apply for things, they'd be like, yo, what the hell did you have that was $140,000? I had a Freightliner, Cascadia. You know what I'm saying? I was an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, cool. And it's like, yeah, that shit registers as paid on my credit yeah. board. So it's like, yeah, when you got a $140,000 truck on there, it's yeah. like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, this makes all the sense. Yeah, so it's like, for me, it's like, yo, it's like when I go and I'm applying for something, and it's like, oh, you had a $97,000 auto loan that you paid off in 18 months. You got another auto loan that's 60, $65,000 that's fucking paid to date. With a with a with a thousand dollar payment, you got another a uh, lease with Honda that's that was paid off early. You got a present lease with Honda that's paid up to date. There's a okay, cool. Like you you substantiate yourself as a positive credit risk regardless of the score. Mm-hmm. Whatever the fucking score may be, it may be. Oh, this is a little high over here, but that's uh, some little bullshit that happens. Whatever, let's run it. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it is that sort of thing, you know what I mean? And just you know, understanding the importance of credit data has been probably the most informative part of like our individual credit mm-hmm. journeys because it's just like, yo, that shit will, you, the thicker your credit file will open up so many other opportunities for you on a personal and on a business note because starting off in business, you're going to have to PG for shit, mm-hmm. personal guarantor. It's just no getting around it. Mm-hmm. But it's like once you substantiate, like our long-term goal is we want to get 10 trucks in two years. Mm-hmm. We're trying to have four trucks within six months, mm-hmm. 10 in two years. 
by the time we get to the 10, now you considered a fleet. Mm -hmm. So now you qualify for fleet management services. We can go to a company like fucking Enterprise Fleet Management, have them order all of the trucks to our specifications, fucking drop ship them. And we just fuck, and they deliver them to our fucking office location, and then that's that. We'll and you can out. select certain flexible terms. You can set aggressive residuals on the back end based on like, oh, well, this is this say it's going to be worth this, but we could push it to this. And like, there's always wiggle room in business, especially when you are speaking the language of the people that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. When I go in and negotiate for a car, I whoop their ass mm-hmm. every time because I know the language. I be like, yo, I used to do, I used, I did car leasing for seven years. I used to fucking hand calculate fucking commercial leases by hand. They like. Fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that sort of thing. Cause I'm like, yo, what's the money factor? What's the effective interest rate? What's this? What's this? And then once you start talking their language, it eases the tension in the conversation, but mm-hmm. it also lets them know it's gonna be an easy deal to get through, but I ain't gonna make no money on this yeah. show. Whenever we did the lease, remember I was on the phone with you and I'm talking to you was like the 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 effective interest rate. And yeah. I said it, the guy was like, Who are you on the phone with? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, listen. And it's like, yo, that shit is real. It's like Taking the time out, I say it all the time, like logging out of like the shade room comments and all of that goofy shit and really just understanding what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Like me and Jules have done so much like just knowledge searching to the point where like the interview you sent me the other day, I was telling y'all before I even, I'm like, oh no, I understand wholly what he's talking about. Remember I told y'all months ago, like the thing is to go get... Uh, the disenfranchised certification to where it's like you can bid on the government contracts yourself. Like you don't have to go through a broker for exactly. that shit. Once you get that, they literally almost have to come find you because this work has to go to you. Yeah. It's just no way around. It don't yeah. matter if that motherfucker got 50 trucks. Yeah, we earmarked this work for people of your type. You Businesses have, of your and type. And for us as four black men with a startup, it's like you're going to get approved for this shit. Yeah. It's one, And that's why I told Dan where it's like, yo, you're going to come in handy with this paperwork. You love sitting on this computer all day. This is your time to shine. Remember uh, uh, Bad Boys? Like, do the motherfucking yeah. <laughs> Talking to John Sally and shit. Like, yeah, this is your time to shine. Fletcher, like, get this shit going. So it's like, yeah, just understanding what you trying to do. And what, like, I think what it is for people is like, they'll listen to one person and be like, I'm going to do what they said. Mm-hmm. And if that don't work for me, all right, well, it just ain't meant to be. Yeah. It's like, no, you uh, got to find the loopholes in this shit. It's more man. than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to get shit done, and especially in business. Every no, it, it might be a no for them, mm-hmm. but it's not a overall no. No. And knowing, the having different sources and different outlets lets you know where to go. When we started with trying to pull the financing or whatever to get this trucking shit started, we went to, we had three different sources lined up. I went to one. They came back with a super favorable deal. It was no need to go to the other ones. Mm-hmm. But in the event that they was on some bullshit, we still had these other two options mm-hmm. on we can go here. And then I just met a fourth outlet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like just one of them things where it's like, yo, you got to, you know, bounce around. Do your research before you get into shit. Some of this shit is deep water. You got to know what the fuck you diving into. It was somebody I, it was something I did last week where I called. What the fuck did I do last week? God damn it. What the hell? did I, It was something I called and they was like, no, they couldn't help me. And then I called again and they said the same thing. Then I called another number and I got the fuck through. I got done. I can't think of what the fuck it was. But it's one of those like stay persistent, Jones. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck did I do last week? It'll come to me. Same situation with, I remember Jules was trying to get his ticket changed with uh, Qatar Airways. He called yeah. customer service here in Philly. He's like, oh, no, you can't do that. Call customer service again. He's like, man, they give me the run around that. I, I'm going to have to go to the airport tonight because he wanted to stay another day. They wouldn't let him move his flight. Da, da, da. Yeah. I was like, 
Call international customer service, like the Qatari line in Qatar. Called them. I got on the phone. He had like went there. We was at uh, uh, California Pizza Kitchen. He went to the bathroom, came back. I'm like, yeah, they changed it. The girl going to send you the email. He's like, bullshit. Email came through. He's like, what the fuck? I'm, <laughs> I'm like, dog, yeah. sometimes you might have to hang up and call back yeah, and just sure. get another motherfucker. Because sometimes you're just getting the, the brunt of somebody's bad day. What if she ready to get off work? Yeah. I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. This is going to take 41 minutes. And I'm only on the clock for 30. I'm not dealing with no. this shit. I'm out of here. Yeah. But you catch a motherfucker who just came in for a shift. Talk to him a little Oh, nice. yeah, man. What we can draw? Hey, yeah. man. We, I, I love to help you. How you feel about the Lakers? Oh, <laughs> man, they so goddamn disappointed, man. Like, you know, <laughs> real shit. And then you in there. You in there. Like, so that's one of them things. Just stay persistent and being on it. And, you know, you realizing, like, getting into different things. Getting into, even us with the media shit. Like, none of this shit is easy. None of it is going to just be like... And it appears easy. It's hard as fuck. No. I'm here to tell you. Because there's so many moving factors. It's understanding platforms. It's how do you for fucking... Like, just for YouTube, how do you do your write-ups? What hashtags do you use? What video tags do you use? What day do you release? What time do you release? Um, what are you putting in the caption? How, uh, how, how are, you, are you tagging certain things and stuff like that so that they what's get the alerts and notifications? All what, of yeah, what's your fucking... What's your image art like? All of that shit matters. Mm-hmm. Every last part of it fucking matters. Yeah, but we figuring it out as we get further and further along with this shit. You know, hopefully we'll have our first truck within the next two to three weeks. And, um, you know, the goal is, like I said, they they already gave us the, the backdoor approval for the second one. And then we got some plays down south. Yeah, some private financing. We got some private financing coming in. So it's like we should be good and be able to really, really, you know, expound and be able to, like, Show people a tangible yeah. thing, you know and, what I'm saying? And I'm going culinary shopping, so there's that. That's that's you, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like the um, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's decent to be in this position to be able to like create some things. Like, yeah. like that's always fun and always a good thing. Because now we have an idea for another business. Mm-hmm. Like we trying to open, you know, I had the idea for a long time. We are trying to open a sneaker boutique. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We just trying to figure out where and when, and we might end up being able to be in a position to do two at one time. Mm-hmm. So it's like all this different stuff that's kind of like all kind of started from this one thing, but this not even going to ultimately probably be the biggest thing that no, we're doing. Not even close. And, and unless, you know, get it fucked up. Something crazy come down the pipe, you know, whatever, whatever. But if yeah, live you know. media come holla at yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do some golf events. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. But um, I got nothing else for this episode. It's been another good one. Yeah, as usual, we appreciate y'all. If you're on YouTube, smash the like button. Make sure y'all share this content. Leave a comment so we can ping the algorithm. Shout out to our sponsor, Your Home, this Saturday, this Saturday, this Saturday, this Saturday. 1029, Figo Restaurant, 6 p.m. The biggest first-time fall home buyers. Um, first time home buyers, fall mixer, uh, agents, brokers, lending sources. You buy a house through this through this event, twenty five hundred towards your closing costs coming directly from your home. They're giving away six or tickets, they're giving away swag bags, this and that, like all type of stuff. Special invited guests from the Eagles, Sixers, Fox twenty nine. Power 99, all this different stuff, man. Y'all don't want to miss this event. It's it's a free event. It's a resource. Free food. I know y'all like free food. Free liquor. I know y'all love that free liquor. Make sure y'all pull up, man. 1033 North 2nd Street at the Piazza. Figo Italian Restaurant. Shout out to the whole team over there at your home for making this happen. We are the realest podcast ever. We's out this bitch. Peace. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.